Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. We're back in the book of 2 Kings. We're taking up again in chapter 22. Uh, We're looking at the reign of young King Josiah, who was eight years old when he began to reign. Um, And as verse 2 says, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, and he walked in all the, the way of David his father, and he did not turn aside to the right or to the left. And in the 18th year of King Josiah, the king sent Shepin, basically the secretary, over to the house of the Lord. You know, um, this is the temple, you know, and saying, uh, Go up to Hilkiah the high priest, that he may count the money that has been brought into the house of the Lord which the keepers of the threshold have collected from the people, and let it be given into the hand of the workmen who have the oversight of the house of the Lord. And we talked about this yesterday. Basically, King Josiah says, the money that we're collecting in the temple, give it to the people who are repairing God's house. So McGee kind of outlined several things that, this young King Josiah did differently, and he kind of highlighted just those things, and we're going to highlight just those things too. So we're not going to read all of these, you know, passages again from yesterday. We're not going to. We're just going to lift highlights out from uh, some of what is in chapter twenty-three. He did some several things. The first thing he's is that. Um, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, and he walked in the way of David his father. He didn't turn aside. So in other words, he put God's commandments into action. He lived a life that he was talking about. God's word manifested in his life. It wasn't just in a book. It was in his heart. So that's the first thing that we get about King Josiah. The second thing is back down in verse 5 when he's repairing the house. 
King Josiah <clears throat> knows how important it is to worship God formally, where people have a place to worship God. And so he appoints people to make repairs to God's house. And how often do we see the church today needing repair, needing things to help people be comfortable, but yet sometimes the church is on a, they're scrounging for money while people don't have any trouble taking out loans to make home improvements or repair their own houses or buy new cars or buy a lot of clothes. God's house sometimes is in disrepair. So it's a statement not only for the value of God's house and God's priorities, but it is the temple itself. Now, the the true temple now is the body of Christ in each one of us, but this but the house of the Lord is important also, and King Josiah is repairing it. And he's repairing it, and it shows you how practical he is. He's He's not getting any middlemen involved. He's getting the money that the people are donating and giving it to the people doing the repairs. He's not he's taking it out of the hands of all these priests who want to count it and maybe take a little bit for themselves for their services, you know. The next thing that we see that happens here is over in verse 8 and Hilkiah the high priest said to uh, Shapin, the secretary, I found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. Hilkiah gave the book to Shapin, and he read it, and then he reads it to the king. So it's the book of the law. They lost their Bible. They lost God's word. Or maybe they had to hide it during the times of the bad kings. But in any event, the temple was in disrepair. It was, McGee said it could have been just like a warehouse. Nobody's worshiping there. They're worshiping up on the hills and worshiping the false idols. God's house is in disrepair. The word of God was lost. So they find the word of God. Is the word of God lost in us today? How much time do we spend in the word of God? Do we have a Bible at home, but it's in a closet somewhere? Is it a doorstop somewhere? We've got to take our Bibles out, open it, and read it so we can put it into practice. And then the next uh, thing we see in verse 11, when the king heard, heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his clothes. In other words, God's word never returns a void. God's word is living and active like a double-edged sword. God's Word is there for us to hear. God's Word is meant to change us, to convict us, to lead us, to have us turn around. The word repent means to turn. We have to have a proper response to God's Word. Look at King Josiah. He tore his clothes. 
He was in grief and despair, not because they found the word, but because they had lost the word. And he knew, he was convicted that this is how deeply they needed to hear this word for us today. How deeply do we feel that we have to hear God's word every day? How much time do we spend? That's kind of, well, I mean, I don't want to say kind of. I mean, that's what this podcast is all about. Helping me, helping you. Stay in the Word of God. We don't have to be fancy preachers. We have to open up the Word of God and read it. And be convicted by it. Put it into practice. Hear it. Now we come down in chapter 23. We drop down to verse 3. And the king stood by the pillar and made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord and keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and all his soul to perform the words of this covenant, to perform these words that were written in the book and all the people joining the covenant. In other words... He makes a covenant to keep these commandments with all his heart and all his soul. And he has others to do it too. That's what we need to do. Keep this covenant and encourage other people that we care about to follow God too. This is the way, the truth, and the life. This is the only way that we are saved is by keeping God's word. Verse 4, And the king commanded Hilkiah the high priest and the priests of the second order and the keepers of the threshold to bring out of the temple of the Lord all the vessels made for Baal and Asherah and for all the host of heaven. Uh, they were worshiping Baal. They were worshiping Asherah, who's supposed to, be, supposed to be some heavenly queen, and all the host of heaven. They were worshiping the stars and the moon and the sun. And he burned them outside of Jerusalem in the fields of the Kidron, that's the Kidron Valley, and carried their ashes to Bethel. He got rid of the ashes. The king cleaned house. Do we clean house in our hearts? What's inside our hearts? What are we worshiping? What is more important to us than the Word of God or putting the Word of God into practice? Social acceptance, popularity, our pride, money, even health itself. Now we come to verse 7. And he broke down the houses of the male cult prostitutes who were in the house of the Lord, in the house of the Lord, and where the women wove hangings for the Asherah. Okay, so you got the hangings might have been closed used in this uh, worship, ritual garments, used in the worship of this goddess, the Asherah, who's supposed to be this heavenly queen, and then this prostitution stuff. So, as McGee says, King Josiah calls it out, gets rid of it. It's in the house of the Lord. And what about these priests? He has to command the high priests... And the priests of the second order, 
and the keepers of the threshold to get this stuff out of the house of the Lord. What kind of priests are these? Everything was corrupt, apparently, even in the religious temple. What do we see today? There's corruption in the government. There's probably corruption in the in the churches. You know, people aren't placing Christ in the center, and people are trying to be so tolerant in their in their in their in their quote religion. They want to be tolerant of politics. So. <clears throat> Verse 21, we drop down. The king commanded all the people, keep the Passover to the Lord your God as it is written in the book of the covenant. In other words, they weren't even keeping the Passover. The Passover is the lamb of God, the sacrifice. Do we keep the Passover of Christ today in our hearts? Do we keep Christ in our hearts? They had even lost that. This shows you the state of this nation the southern kingdom, how broken and corrupted it was right before the Babylonians come in and they're going to take this kingdom into captivity. And it makes you kind of circle back to where we are today. We're no different. Do we think we are above God's judgment like these people? Do we think we escape all the hardship that these people had to go through when God's presence left them. We need to be tearing our clothes and getting rid of the idols in our lives and keeping the memory of Christ Passover alive. And we need to make covenants to keep this word, to put this word into practice. We need to keep God's house in order so that this nation, our families, and our very own lives are led by Christ, not the wisdom of the small minds of this world. So we're going to stop here. Today is Friday. We made it. How about that? So we're going to stop today. We'll take a break for the weekend like we always do. Then we'll start back here on Monday as we continue our study through 2 Kings. And as I look through my study Bible, it looks like we're almost at the end of 2 Kings. How about that? We're at chapter 25, I think. That's the end. Um, And then I think we're on schedule to go back to the New Testament. So that'll be fun to, to get back into the New Testament. But I don't know about you, but this whole section of... You know, the the kings and and first and second kings and first and second Samuel and all this stuff was a section that I'd never read, I'd never studied. So yeah, I've gotten a lot out of it, and it gives me a lot of appreciation of the history of the nation before the captivity and uh, just how important Christ is to heal this nation, just like. Christ is so important to heal each one of us. So, as always, from me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your heart centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. We'll see you next time on Monday as we continue our study through 2 Kings. And as always, our prayers go up for sweet Emma.
and sweet Jean. We also are praying for Matali that she'll be back with us very soon. God bless you all, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.